0: Welcome to 24-Hour Expert. You'll enjoy this podcast if you're someone who likes learning about different topics or just enjoys a good old fun fact. I'm Allie.
1: And I'm Dan. Each week we challenge each other to become an expert on a random topic in just 24 hours. Now it's time to find out how much we've learned.
0: Hi, Daniel. Hello. Hello. We made it to the season one finale.
1: Oh, I'm so excited. 41 episodes. I can't believe it.
0: That's crazy. So we are getting ready to get into 2022.
1: I know. I'm a little like surprised that we're letting it stop at 41. And We didn't just stop at 40 with like an even number or go to 45, but it's fine.
0: Well, maybe the season is 40 episodes plus the season finale. Maybe we can just like... Oh, Fudge the numbers a bit.
1: Good point. Or maybe it was a 40-episode season, the 25th hour was a special, and therefore it isn't an actual episode.
0: Maybe. Yes, yes. So
1: this is our 40th episode.
0: <laughs> there you go. It doesn't count. No, this one counts. The other one didn't count. Right, right. So yes, just so I don't forget to mention it, I'm going to mention it up top here. We are taking... Two weeks off for Christmas and New Year's so we can spend time with our families, but we will be back in 2022. Woo. All right, Dan, you know, I wanted to make the topic this week something that you would love.
1: And I'm excited to hear what it is.
0: So we'll get to the reason why I want you to love it later. Okay. But I think I came up with the perfect topic. Okay. You ready? I'm ready books
1: oh i do love books
0: <laughs> and to make the episode even more fun we're gonna do it choose your own adventure style
1: Ooh, i re- i love this i love this so much
0: so i know we have mentioned this in a couple other episodes but i have to bring it up one more time that you and i used to have our own book club
1: yes in fact i think we talked about our book club in the secret society episode
0: i think you're right i think we did and I think we've mentioned it like way before, too. Right. But I just want to clarify that when we say book club, we're <laughs> using that term very loosely. It was literally just Dan and I. There was nobody else. Club of two. And we just yeah, just took turns picking a book and telling each other, uh, eh, I didn't like it. Or, oh, yeah, I really like
1: this <laughs> yeah, one. We didn't even stop and discuss it. Nothing.
0: <laughs> no. But Dan is a much faster reader than I am. I don't know if you're like faster if we were to sit next to each other and read, although I'm sure you're probably faster that way, too. But he gets through books faster than I do. So Dan liked to play this game where he would already have the book finished. And I barely started. <laughs> and he's like, like if it was, for example, like a suspense novel or a mystery, tell me your guesses as you read. Yeah. And then he would just secretly know if I was right or wrong.
1: And that was fun. That was a lot of fun for me.
0: I know. I think maybe in the new year, if we have time, we should pick it up again.
1: Yeah, I agree. We'll pick small, quick books.
0: Yeah, just nice, easy reads. Some of my favorite anyways. I don't like anything too serious. Right. All right. So like I mentioned, Dan, you're going to get to choose your own adventure tonight, today, whenever. Wow. So we have three main things we're going to talk about tonight, and we'll do them in the order that you want to.
1: <laughs> okay, fun.
0: So we're going to either play a game, I'm going to tell you the history of books, or I'm gonna give you in true Alley fashion a list of the top books ever sold.
1: Okay. Is this one of those things where eventually we'll go through all the paths?
0: Oh we're yeah, we're gonna hit them all. Just whatever order you want okay. to do them Let's in. Let's start
1: with the history of books.
0: Okay. Let's go to the history. Is
1: that what you thought I was gonna pick?
0: I honestly didn't know. I mean, oh. I could honestly see it going all three ways. So. And we're gonna talk about them all anyway, so. Alright. The history of books. So as Most people would probably guess before there were books, there were storytellers, cave drawings, stone carvings, all of this stuff led to books. People wanting to keep track of things, record their histories, stories, and actually a lot of early record keeping was lists or numbers. So a lot of it was based around math, not necessarily even the written word. So the first pages... Or pieces of paper, like we would think of them today, Mm -hmm. were used and made by the Egyptians.
1: Oh, interesting!
0: This was really interesting. I had no idea. They created scrolls by weaving together the stems of a papyrus plant. Isn't that like also like that font that everyone uses when they want stuff to look like ancient? Yeah, Microsoft Word.
1: Yeah, and isn't it also a stationery store at Somerset?
0: Oh, it is. Yeah, expensive stationery and cards.
1: We should go there and buy some expensive stationery. We love expensive op- office supplies, so...
0: Oh, I, I love a good office supply. <laughs> the Egyptians would take the stems of the papyrus plant, pound them flat, and then glue them together. So this technique was used for hundreds of years. The Greeks and Romans then kind of upgraded the scrolls, and they would put a large piece of wood in it to wrap it around to make it easier to store and transport and to help protect it. Okay. Okay. So you know when you see, like, a movie or a cartoon and they're, like, unrolling the thing? Yeah, yeah. Like, that was totally legit.
1: I would love to go back to being in a day and age where we have just giant scrolls and, like, we decree things, you know? Like, could you imagine if you're at the office and you're like, I declare there are donuts in the break room.
0: (laughs) Yes. Everything would be so official. (laughs) Other parts of the world had a problem having enough papyrus plant. There was a scarcity. They couldn't get a hold of it. So they started making parchment from calf or deer skin. Mm. So that's where parchment comes from.
1: Interesting.
0: And it ended up that it was a little more durable than the papyrus scrolls were. So it all worked out. Hmm. Although, I mean, I guess I don't know the exact way that paper's made today. I mean, I have a general idea. Right. But can you imagine, like having to make it out of animal skin. No, that'd be so hard. And like getting it like that thin. Right. But I I
1: mean, people used to wear it, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, they were much more, what's the word I'm looking for? Um,
1: resourceful. Handy.
0: Yeah. Resourceful. That's a good word. Yeah. <laughs> than we are,
1: <laughs> they were pretty handsy. <laughs> <laughs> no
0: handy, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. handy yeah, and yeah. I can fix things. <laughs> yeah. They
1: like used all the parts of everything. Yes. They're the reason why like people eat chicken gizzards, not me.
0: No, I am not me. But
1: I mean people. I don't even like
0: chicken, so <laughs>
1: Oh. Is that new? Or have you never liked chicken?
0: Nah. There's some chicken I'll eat and like if I prepare it, I'm fine. Yeah. But I mean I could go on and on. We don't have to talk about so and chicken.
1: <laughs> you don't like chicken and you don't like guac with flavor. Got it.
0: I don't like onions. <laughs> Jalapeno and spices half flavor, Daniel. <gasps> All right, let's get back to books. Around 600 AD, illuminated manuscripts started to be illustrated. So using parchment, people would draw colorful and meticulous pictures. So that's what the illuminated manuscript is, meaning it had pictures with it. Okay. And they usually depicted a story or the pictures were used to enforce the importance of the message on the parchment. And these were the beginnings of picture books. Oh, cool. And this is a really fun fact. But the Greeks and Romans would... Put layers of wax on a like a tablet size piece of wood, and they would carve into the wax messages or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then they could melt it to flatten it back out and use it over and over again.
1: Oh, that's smart. That's really smart. So they
0: could erase the message essentially. It was Not like, essentially they were.
1: <laughs> it's like the world's first chalk or whiteboard.
0: Yeah, exactly. So the first book that was ever written. And just to qualify this, that is known, is the Epic of Gilamesh, which is a mythical retelling of an important political figure. Who? Oldest book that is known to ever
1: be written. Who's the political figure?
0: I don't know. It didn't say. Oh. Gilamesh? Oh, um, Gilamesh.
1: Oh, obviously. Yeah. My, my buddy Gilamesh.
0: Yeah. So where books really started taking off, because as you can imagine, up to this point, people are handwriting. Stuff. Sure. Another thing I read that, you know, if you wanted a copy of a book, again, all the books are handwritten. So then somebody literally has to sit there and hand copy the book again. So having copies of books was pretty rare. So a lot of, you know, books were originals. Mm. So in 1454, a German named Johannes Gutenberg built a printing press to print the Gutenberg Bible. Oh. This led to to printing presses popping up all over Europe. And I just want to note, he was not the first person to make a printing press. There were actual, um, I believe it was China, where I don't forget if it was tiles or stones they would carve into letters and use them over and over again to make printing faster. But from what I got from this article, he's kind of the one, Johannes was kind of the one who made a printing press That was more like commercially successful, like easy for other people to make or use or get or whatever the situation was.
1: Okay.
0: So in the 1830s, book clubs started to form. 1830s? In the 1830s. Wow. So this was because a lot of books would cost a penny each and not everybody could afford to pay a penny every time they wanted a book. Mm -hmm. So they formed book clubs so they could share books or would split the cost of a book so they could all enjoy them.
1: Is there something less than a penny?
0: I guess. How do, you sp- <laughs> how do
1: you split a penny?
0: I don't know. I did not look into the currency of the that <laughs> time. <laughs> that's a good question. I don't know how you would split the cost of a penny.
1: It's weird to think. It's honestly weird to think that pennies used to be valuable. Yeah. Like five cent candy was like super expensive or, you know, like whatever. I don't know.
0: Right. Yeah, like, they'd have, like, penny candy and stuff. like Stuff actually just cost a penny. And you just had to give them a penny. (laughs) Right.
1: I even think, like, nowadays, sending something through the mail, what's that, 65 cents, 70 cents? How much does it send? I don't
0: know. It's getting so expensive.
1: But if you think about it, like, you can put this 75 cent, I don't know how much it is. Let's say it's a dollar. You put this dollar stamp on this envelope dropping it in this bin and somehow it works its way all the way to where it needs to go just for a dollar all the things and the people that have to touch it along the way it's wild yeah when you
0: think of it like that it's not so bad
1: but anyway
0: Also, in the 19th century, hardcover books started to be made. So Mm. up until this point, everything is, for the most part, softcover books. Like commercially printed books are all softcover books. Okay. So now hardcover books come along, and they are made for wealthier families, because obviously they're going to be more expensive because they have a hardcover. Right. And they were pretty bougie. But people started getting this weird bias that because it was a hardcover book, it was a better book, better stories, That's something that was in a soft cover
1: book. Oh, interesting.
0: Which is so wild to me. And maybe, I don't know, this article that I looked at didn't specify, but like, you know, now you can get a book in a hard or soft cover. It's the exact same book. So maybe they weren't offered in both hard and soft cover books, but I'm like, what a weird little bias to have. (laughs) Oh, no, I only have hard cover books.
1: Right, right. So for me, if it's a book I want to read right away and I don't want to wait for the library... Because sometimes like the list, like the whole list of the library can be really long. Mm-hmm. If I if it's something I want to read right away, I will buy it. And I'll specifically buy the hardcover. Because when I'm done with it, I like to donate it to the library. And I assume that the library would rather have a hardcover than a softcover. But otherwise, I don't really care one way or the other. In fact, sometimes I think reading a softcover book is easier. Because it's like easier to hold. But I specifically just buy the hardcover so that I can give it to the library when I'm done.
0: Agreed. Yeah. If it's a book I want, I don't really care. I guess if it's a book I was planning to keep for some sentimental reason or something, I'd probably buy the hardcover just because I think it'd be stand up better to wear and tear. Right. Yeah. And our current neighborhood doesn't have one, but where we lived before, I had one of those little like free neighborhood libraries, you know, that's like the box right. you can put the books. So yeah, yeah, I always took my books and put them in there.
1: Yeah. I very rarely will keep a book. If I really like it, And I know I'll go back and read it again. I'll keep it. But other than that, I don't. If I ever want to read it again, by the time I want to reread it, it'll be at the library for free, you know?
0: Exactly. Yeah. It's pretty rare nowadays. I mean, I used to hoard them for whatever reason. But now, either that or I like to find a friend or someone who wants it and pass it on. I mean, you've sent me books before when you were done with them. And you're like, don't send them back. Find someone new. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Dan. So there is your history of books and how we've got to where we are now. I love it. So next, do you want to play our game or do you want to hear the top books?
1: Can I ask you two questions before we move on? Yes. Related to history. Okay. Do you remember the first book you ever liked or read?
0: Oh, me personally. I was like, Dan, are you not listening? It's (laughs) Gilamesh. (laughs) <laughs> nee, uh first book. Okay. So this is way way back. My nana and papa used to have a place like a, you know, we call it in Michigan up north. So they used mm-hmm. to have a cottage up north in the up in the thumb of Michigan and we had a playroom at their cottage and there was this book it was The Adventures of Mr. Toad. Oh yeah. And I think like Mr. Toad and Mr. Frog have a bunch of different books but this one was like just Mr. Toad by himself and you know with his crazy old-timey car and I was obsessed. Like every time we were up there, I'd get that book and it's the only book I'd want my papa to read to me the whole time I'm up there. Like to Mm -hmm. the point they're like, we need to get rid of this book. I cannot read this book one more time. (laughs) Classic. (laughs) It was really sweet when my grandparents decided to sell their cottage because they just didn't, you know, go up as much and want to maintain it anymore. My Nana saved it for me. So I have that copy of the Mr. Toad book.
1: I love that so much
0: yeah, so that one obviously I keep because it's very sentimental. but I'm trying to think like you know young adult books obviously super into Harry Potter. I have sure. all of them in hard and soft covers yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what about you?
1: The very first book that I remember imprinting on me would be the Brown Bear Brown Bear What do You See book?
0: Oh Eric Carl, right? yeah
1: yeah I for some reason that book is just burned into my memory. That's like the earliest book that I can remember. I mean, lots and lots of books, but that's the one that like just always stands out. Like if I think of that book, it reminds me of my childhood. What about Uh do you have a favorite book? Oh,
0: a favorite book. I would probably have to say like the Harry Potter series. It would be hard to pick one in it. Mm-hmm. But that is one that every so often I do go back and completely reread. So just on frequency of being read, sure. I have to give it to that one yeah. or that series.
1: I just completed it for the first time two years ago.
0: I remember that. Yeah, because you would like yeah. text me as you are going <laughs> yeah. through it. It's amazing how much more story there is outside of the movies, isn't it?
1: Right. Well, and that's the thing. i would never seen the movies either.
0: Oh, you haven't even seen the movies no. T- today?
1: I, no, to I still day? haven't seen them. <laughs> No.
0: Oh, okay. I think well, I, maybe I saw the
1: I think I saw the first one, and then I'm almost positive my friends and I went to a Fantastic Beasts movie, but I don't remember. I don't think that's Harry Potter. Yeah,
0: that's not like part of yet, yeah, no. Yeah, it's and I like remember its sleeping
1: thing. through the whole thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, if you ever do watch the movies, you will be amazed. I mean, the movies are still good, and obviously the books have so much, there's no way it can all be included. Right, right. But there's so much more story in the books. Like, every time I reread them, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I forgot about this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, you know, I just like a lot of suspense and mystery and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> series that you, like, super love, Dan?
1: Uh, So not necessarily a series. Well, it kind of is a series, but my favorite book... I think, that I've ever read, and I've read it three times now, which doesn't sound like a lot compared to how many times you've probably read Harry Potter, but it's a book <laughs> by Frederick Bachman. It's called Beartown, and it's very, very good. I recommend it to everybody out there. It's such a good book. And then he has a follow-up book. It's a sequel called Us Versus Them or Us, Us Against Them. Sorry if I'm getting that wrong. Same author, Frederick Bachman. It's a sequel. And then I just found out that at the beginning of October, they released a third book in this series. So Frederick Bachman is a Swede. So mm-hmm. all of his books come out in Swedish first, and then they translate it into English later. So the okay. Swedish version is out there now on the internet. Well, out Ooh. there for purchase. But we have to right. wait for it to be translated into English before we get it. But Beartown, cool. hands down, such a good book. And both, both books in that series are so good.
0: Will it make me cry, though? Is 100%. Audible? It's,
1: no, it's like an ugly cry book.
0: Oh, oh, I <laughs> yeah. don't know, Daniel.
1: It's so good, though. It's worth it. So check them out, everybody.
0: Check them out. I know on Instagram, I'll try and think if Dan and I come up with more books that we love, we'll put more recommendations out there.
1: Cool. Maybe we'll start a 24X-ray book club.
0: There you go. <laughs> Maybe we'll let other people join us. Yeah. What it'll really be is like, all right, guys, this week, this book is, the or this month, whatever it is. This is the book we're reading. Instagram us if you finish it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. What were my options?
0: Okay, Dan. So now we can either play a game or I will give you a list of the top books ever sold.
1: I want to play a game.
0: Okay. This is the game we're going to play. I am going to give you a book, a very expensive book, and you're going to try and guess how much it sold for.
1: Okay. Wow. This is going to be tough.
0: It is going to be tough. Just a quick, why are these books so expensive before we start? So what makes a book expensive? There's several factors, which include age, rarity, and cultural significance. Makes sense. Right. So this particular list that I'm using is from bookriot.com. And just a hint for you on the game, everything is in the millions. Okay. So... Just start in the millions.
1: Okay. And are they going to get more expensive as we go down the line?
0: So I have them in order, but maybe I should mix them up so it's not too easy.
1: Yeah.
0: Or do you want me to go from least to most expensive or most to least expensive?
1: You can do anything you want.
0: All right. I'm going to start at least expensive and we'll work our way up to the most expensive book. Okay. So Canterbury Tales. Hmm. It was a first edition printed in 1477. $3 million. Way higher. <laughs> not way but higher
1: 12 million dollars
0: oh ding so close 11.6 million
1: nice it's right if we round
0: yes and remember that was our least expensive expensive book
1: wow okay
0: all right next one the new book of tang it is from the 11th century and is the official account of everything that happened in the tang dynasty from 618 to 907 CE.
1: Oh, okay. Um, love Common Era. Uh, 17 million.
0: Oh my gosh, Dan, you're doing so good. 17.1 million. Wow!
1: Dig-a-de-day! Wow! And the game, and the game.
0: Northumberland Bestiary, if I'm pronouncing that right, and a bestiary, if I'm saying that word right, is a religious animal encyclopedia from the 13th century England.
1: A religious animal encyclopedia.
0: Yes, and from what I gathered, not all these animals actually
1: existed. <laughs> oh, um, twenty six million dollars.
0: Oh, you went over a little bit. Twenty million.
1: Oh, wow.
0: You were twenty million
1: dollars for a book of made up animals, huh?
0: I think some were real, but some were definitely not real. From what okay, I, from what I <laughs> gather, that's wild. Okay. So there's two most expensive books ever. One is a religious book, and one is not a religious book. So let's start with the most expensive religious book. Okay. It is the Book of Mormon, and it was purchased by the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints, and it dates back to 1830.
1: This is the religious book?
0: Yeah, so this is the most expensive religious book ever sold.
1: $30 million?
0: Oh, so close. Thirty-five.
1: Wow. Wow. That's an expensive book.
0: That's an expensive book, yeah. And it's the most expensive on the list. Hint hint. When we get okay. our next most expensive book. Okay. So this is the most expensive non religious book ever sold. It is the Codex Leicester. I don't know. I'm probably not saying that right. But it's Leonardo da Vinci's science diary.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay. Um twenty eight million.
0: So close, $30.8 Wow,
1: that is expensive.
0: These are expensive books.
1: (laughs) I just wait for them for the library.
0: (laughs) I know, I know. You're like, um, is Da Vinci's diary in yet? Uh, (laughs) No? No, ma'am.
1: Okay. That's a
0: $31 million book.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I would think that a lot of these are probably owned by museums and like whatnot, but to think that there might be someone out there that actually owns the book and you're like, what are you even doing with that?
0: Right. Well, and even like putting together this list was hard. Like I eventually just had to pick like one website and one list because there's a lot of conflicting information and a lot of really expensive books being sold. Like people really like their books.
1: Wow. I believe it.
0: (laughs) All right. Are you ready to hear the top books ever sold? Yes. Do you, let's start, yeah, least to greatest. We'll end with the big one.
1: Okay. That's what she said.
0: Yes, she did. So this is top five. Um, I wasn't going to go through all 20. So you're welcome, everybody. (laughs) Although there were some good ones in there. All right. Number five, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone by J.K. Rowling. Wow. 107 million copies.
1: Dang. Wow.
0: Yes. I'm going to butcher so many of these names. I'm sorry in advance. Coming in at number four, The Little Prince by Antone D. Saint-Experi, Exupéry, one hundred million copies.
1: Wow. Holy moly. I
0: know. I know. Some of these are crazy. Coming in at number three, The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien, 150 million copies. Wow. Coming in at number two, A Tale of Two Cities, Charles Dickens, 200 million copies. I feel like
1: that's probably just because they make everybody buy that for high school english (laughs) (laughs)
0: right it's just all the schools buying a thousand copies of these (laughs) all right the top book don quixote by miguel de cervantes and this is like a big jump from the last one 500 million copies
1: wow that's incredible
0: yeah Spot four through two were 142, 150, and wow. 200 million. And then Don Quixote jumps up to Boom. 500 million. I was
1: surprised it wasn't Fifty Shades of Gray.
0: Oh, gosh, right? Probably number six. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it was not on there. But I will give honorable mention to a lot of the other Harry Potter books. They were, most of the Harry Potter books, I didn't go through and see if all seven were in there, but a lot of them were in the top 20.
1: Wow. Impressive.
0: And just to cover all my bases, this list does not include any religious text. Obviously, there's some very popular religions that, if we included their text, would just blow everything out of the water. Right.
1: That makes sense. I love that. That's fun. So, there
0: you go, Dan. There's everything, and maybe not everything you would want <laughs> to know about books.
1: <laughs> maybe I have to go read Don Quixote.
0: Yes, like I recognize the name, but I don't know that I know the story.
1: Me either. Not at all.
0: I'm going to have to at least go Google the synopsis. Yeah,
1: (laughs) maybe there's a movie we can watch.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Netflix. (laughs) All right, Dan, so before we wrap it up, I know there's something that you wanted to share with everybody.
1: Yeah, so super exciting. By the time this episode comes out, I very likely will have a two-week-old I was going to be a dad running around my house, but won't be running, but probably will be lying and screaming around my house, (laughs) (laughs) which is funny because earlier I brought up the book Brown Bear, Brown Bear, right? Right. And ever since we announced that we were having this kid and people, you know, started sending presents, I have received so many copies of the Brown Bear book, which is funny. (laughs) Like it's must be one of those like quintessential, like go-to books. Oh, Um, sure. Yes. Yeah. So I have a lot of copies of it. But yeah. So that is a long way to say that I'm going to be having my hands full for a little bit. So I'm going to be stepping away just for a little bit from the podcast and taking some time away to keep this human alive.
0: (laughs) Yes. Well, I think I can speak for everyone. And if not, well, I'm going to speak for you anyways. Uh We are so excited for you, Dan. And I can't wait to meet this little one and all the listeners out there do not worry just because dan needs to go handle some other things in life we are going to keep it going so i will have a new co-host in 2022 her name is amy amy why don't you say hi real quick hello
1: this is amy (laughs) this is definitely not dan just trying to pretend like she's amy
0: I don't know if you were all convinced, but I really feel like Dan did a great job introducing me. I'm excited to be joining the podcast, and hopefully we'll be able to bring some new expertise and insights in. But I think these two have done an amazing job, so I'm excited to be able to step in, and we'll see where this adventure takes us. All right, Dan, do with that what you will.
1: That's your knowledge. You're free to forget it. And if there's anything we got wrong, you can email Ellie and Amy...
0: Email us at 24HourExpert at gmail.com. None of that is changing. It's still our website, still our Facebook, still our Instagram. You can find us there. We hope everyone has a great holiday season, a fun and safe new year, and we will talk to you in 2022.
1: Awesome. Bye.
0: Bye. Thank you for listening to 24 Hour Expert. Our theme song is Lo-Fi World by Ricky Bombino.
1: If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe so you're notified of future episodes.